Hey guys, I know it's been so fucking long since I saw you, or you know, you s- you heard me, but um, I'm back, and I'm going back into the vault. It's been maybe six months since I had this conversation, so enjoy. And welcome to the 36 questions to fall in love with Abby. <laughs> In this mini-series, sorry, I'm kind of drunk. I just had one, maybe two Negronis. Um, I explore the 36 questions to fall in love, popularized by the New York Times essay by Mandy Len Katrin. You know the drill. So, um, last episode I said I was currently involved with one of the three men that I'd already interviewed. And I was going to like leave this as this big reveal at the end. Now I'm like, fuck it. It's Will. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, we, we really started dating like pretty quickly. I mean, we were dating while we did the podcast, but I stopped dating other people and we just only started dating each other. So that's what's been going on with me. But, you know, I recently like came back to this podcast because I was like, you know, this happened and this is like a pretty big part of my love story with Will and um, I need to finish it. Like, I don't know why I was just stopping and not not finishing it like Devin and I actually had a lot of conversations about being too perfectionistic about our endeavors or just like having way too high standards so we're so we don't finish what we started and that kind of became this podcast to be honest because I had started this relationship and it became like very intense and it felt weird to put out into the world when I was dating other people because everyone that I like talked to in this podcast, I did go on many, maybe like two plus dates with. So it was like a weird thing. But, you know, right now you're about to hear the second set of the 36 questions with Devin and me. And this is like fucking February. This is history. So it's really interesting for me to listen back to it. And I hope it is for you, too. Okay, 13. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? This question is so broad. I would want to know which of my creative endeavors would work, like would hit, would, would get, would go viral or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then I could just focus on making that one good. Yeah, me too. 
instead of having these half cocked ideas mm. where I half try and I see how far it goes, but the idea is not formed. That's it's not formed well enough. So I give up on it or I don't think people will like it or even just looking at my own work for too long just makes me bored of it. So yeah. I perceive that it's uninteresting just because I've looked at it so many times. Yeah. That's the story of my life. Um, I think that I would want to know what happens after we die. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Cause it's just like no one knows and I'm so curious and I don't think that it would change anything about how I'm living right now. Yeah. I think if you were to find out what happens after you die, uh, one of two things would happen. You would either, your either your head would explode on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then you would just or get there. You would be so like scarred that you just can't go back to it and your li- entire life is ruined. Mm. Or you would say, well, that's obvious or that's really boring. And then be like, oh, damn. And you're like, oh, that process, that thing that happens after we die, that just sounds like everything else. Right. And then I would try to tell people and spread the word and people would be like, you're insane. <laughs> That's funny. 15. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? My greatest accomplishment? Mm-hmm. So I, I told you that I used to be a child actor and I won an award for one of the roles that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like an entire career. That was like the top of my career at that point. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I just, I just got bored. Right. Um, and I've had like another life that I've lived after that being a regular person, you know, mm. for lack of a better word. Um, I think my biggest accomplishment, I think passing the bar, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. That took me Fair. six months of, uh, well, actually a year because I failed it once. Okay. Um, just studying all day and having my whole day from the second I wake up to the minute I go to sleep all planned out, doing oh. the same thing that I've done over and over again and asking myself the same questions and just trying to take notes of everything I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds intense. I can't even imagine. Um, for me, I think it would be so far in my life, just graduating college (laughs) because it was such a, it's just so long that you're in school and then you're done. It's like, Oh, what do you do now? And you get this whole diploma and there's a ceremony and you did all the credits and, um, yeah, that, and it, you know, just for sure. It sounds kind of boring. That's it's a it. big transition. Yeah. Um, 16. What do you value most in a friendship? Trust. Mm. If I, if I can't trust people, I, I just don't bother with them. I've always been that way. I've, I've skipped kind of party friends, you know what I mean? Or just people that are, that are in your vicinity. I just don't have that. I just can't. Something inside me like betrays that I don't care about them. Like even when I'm trying to care. And it just, the, the friendship just falls apart. And they can just tell. Yeah. And, right. and and they get put off somehow in a way that I don't understand because I only know the way my, my own brain works. Um, and if I trust someone, I give them everything. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think for me, it would be 
one like just being real and honest like honesty and like open communication because I wouldn't like the worst feeling in the world is when you're fighting with a friend and you don't know why and you don't know how to like make things better and um, I think a lot of those things can be stopped by just being straight up and real with people when something happens that you're not okay with like right away Mm -hmm. and um, yeah and so if I have a friend that I'm I feel like something's off I need to be able to come to them and be like hey are are we good like I felt weird about this thing and then we can squash it quickly Mm -hmm. yeah Um, 17 what is your most treasured memory my most treasured memory or one of them I can go first too yeah okay um i think i talk about studying abroad a lot because it was just so crazy and fun and um i experienced so many things so i think one of my most treasured memories is like this perfect day that i had where i woke up in my apartment in the center of prague and i was just so grateful to be there and then got on a plane to um Italy like Naples with friends and we were on spring break there and we went to Pompeii and it was just like the most magical amazing place I've ever been to be around such history and um where the where the Mount Vesuvius I think erupted right and that was just the coolest thing to see and uh blew my mind and then my friends left because we had to go to the Airbnb and we were going to be late and I hadn't like we were going to see the the petrified bodies that were like in encased in stone or, or in the Mount Vesuvius eruption but we couldn't find it because Pompeii was a lot bigger than anyone expected like it's really large as a city so we had to get on the train and I was like I'm going to stay and find this, these bodies <laughs> and then I'll meet you guys at the Airbnb and they were like cool cool so I found them and then I like saw them and I was just like, oh my God, this is insane. And then I got on the next train and then we went to the Airbnb and it was beautiful. And you know, you're just like on the coast of Italy, had the best pizza of my life. And you just like look at the ocean and yeah. So that, I think that whole day is like one of my most treasured days. Um, 18. What is your most terrible memory? My most terrible memory? (laughs) Yeah. Intense. Wait, did you go? No, No, you you didn't go. I'm so sorry. Ah. (laughs) What was the question again? What's your most treasured memory? I'm probably going to steal from you a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I went on a trip to Argentina with one of my closest friends. And, um, we rented a car at a spur of the moment mm-hmm. at like three in the morning, one morning. Wow. And we drove, I think it would ended up being like a hundred miles to, um, Patagonia. And we hiked 20 miles up the side of a mountain in the snow. And, uh, wow. we did that entire hike and I got it all on, on my uh, 360 camera. Nice. <laughs> um, and yeah. 
and we did that whole thing. Um, we like, you know, almost died like those kind of, those kind of adventures where hmm. we're, we were crawling. We got so high in elevation in the snow that the snow had piled over the trail markers. So we were just crawling on our hands and knees up the side of a mountain mm. and there was like a few people ahead and behind us and they were, they would catch some slick ice and like slide down the mountain and we were all like in it together, like trying to make footholds for each other with these uh -huh. strangers that we met. Got to the top. I had a sandwich that I packed. The best sandwich ever, probably. Yeah. And uh, came back, drove 100 miles back, handed the car keys in uh, one minute before we were late. And uh, it was just such a spontaneous trip. Mm -hmm. I love spontaneous trips like that. Okay. 18. What is your most terrible memory? <laughs> it's dark. Most terrible memory. Yeah. These types of memories I try to block out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And forget. Um, but I can go first. Okay. Because I have it right now. Um, one of them that sticks out is... Well, when my grandpa died, and that was a whole thing, he, he had like this very fast declining like cancer and then did this surgery that was supposed to work and it didn't. And then um, he was just like slowly dying and we went to, we drove to LA because that's where he lived. And it was, it was just very sad. And I played guitar for him like on his deathbed. And um, it was just really difficult for me to play. And I didn't play guitar for months afterwards because it just reminded me of it. And it was too intense. And then um, my mom and I, a few years after they sold that house, like the my grandparents' house that we all grew up going to so much, we were driving past. So we were like, all right, might as well go and see what it looks like now. And they had sold it to a developer and the developer just basically tore it down and they allowed us on the property, but it was just way too painful to see everything gone. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we just like cried. It's almost like it's dead. <laughs> yeah. So that sucked. Yeah. That sounds traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think the worst the worst thing one of the worst things you can experience is watching someone you care about die um i also had that experience too yeah and um just i felt you know, my uh, my uncle my uncle passed away a few years ago from cancer as well mm -hmm. and uh fuck cancer i and my mom were with him uh for like you know when he got his diagnosis all the way to the end mm. and um, just the emotions that go through in the, in the rationalizing and, you know, we ended up like fighting about, you know, what he's going to leave behind and like yeah. all this stuff. And it's just, it gets ugly sometimes. It's gross. And yeah, you just see, you just see what's happening to a person and just watching them wither away mm -hmm. and you feel guilty. Like it's like, like you did like, you did something wrong or you caused it or hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. 
those emotions that that just don't make sense yeah well i think we all search for reasoning and and to connect the dots between things so even though you and i know with our you know advanced human brains that you know cancer has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. us and all that stuff you know someone dies in front of you you think like oh well what did i just i just did something something i saw i must have done it to him like a a higher power kind of wished it on i don't i don't think it well the way that i'm describing it i don't feel like it's a higher power it's almost like if I was nicer to him, this wouldn't have happened. Mm. Or if I had settled that fight with him, he wouldn't have had, you know, those negative energies in him that would have made the cancer or something. And, and of course, that doesn't make sense once you start to look into it. Right. But you end up, like, rethinking everything. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> number 19. If This is a similar vein to the past the last question if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly would you change anything about the way you're now living and why i would probably try to finish things a little bit harder right (laughs) (laughs) there's some urgency there but I, i i already struggle with wondering like what's the point of what i'm doing uh because it is all going to disappear eventually no matter how hard you try So I fight with myself whether or not I care, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I try to tell myself that I do and I should. Because it adds meaning, even if it doesn't last. Um, I would probably move back to San Francisco and be with... Because my mom and dad and sister live in that area, so... I would be closer to them and then just spend all my time and my energy with friends and probably like donate more to charities and do all the things that I told myself that I was going to do because, you know, YOLO. (laughs) I hate myself that I just said that. (laughs) Unironically. Yeah. What's one of those things that you wanted to do? Um, I've never been to... Australia or Asia or Central America or no yeah Central America I think I'm really bad with geography but so I I would want to travel there but I don't think I would do it alone because I would just need to like be with people and I think that um life is better shared so yeah 20 what does friendship mean to you that's similar to another question, isn't it? Yeah. There are some questions that are kind of similar to each other, but they get, I guess they like get at a different part of the answer. So the last one was like, what does love what do mean you to you? Or, or what? Like well, the, uh, the last one was, what do you value most in a friendship? Oh, okay. Versus what does a friendship mean? Well, okay. What does yeah. a friendship mean? I think, I think your friends are a part of you. They really do make up a composite of like your own personality. So I mean, it's it's just an aspect of myself. Mm-hmm. My closest friends are people who I think are like me, but they do something different, mm-hmm. right? They focus more on this other aspect. Yeah. Of and, and that, which is something like I admire, right? So like I want to learn from that, 
Yeah. It just seems very useful to me. Friendship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Friend, friendship to me is like, it's what makes every day interesting and fun. And it's people to, to do things with and to laugh with. And like, I love when I have inside jokes with friends, like that's just the best feeling when you look at someone after something happens and like you say a word and then you both just die laughing. And it's the only thing that you both know it's like a secret code. So yeah, I feel like friendship is you have that secret code, secret language, whether that be literally or like psych psychologically. So it's like a group. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 21. What roles do love and affection play in your life? What role does it play? Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to start with that answer. Maybe like I see it as something that I mean it's something that I think should should be it should be there and it should be present, but I don't think it's something that you should put all your effort working toward. Mm -hmm. Does that, that kind of answer the question? What role does it play? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it shouldn't be forced. It should be something that comes naturally and easy. And it shouldn't be, like, it's it's definitely core to the human experience, but I don't think it should be the center of the intention of the experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because when you when you all when you're trying to think about relationships and you're trying to think about love and your like your goals are to achieve them, I feel like it makes it harder to to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. For me, I feel like I try to show affection to to people in my life that I care about to just like everyone I guess but um whether that be like physical affection or just like hugging them or or like checking up on people I think is like a, a kind of affection and love it's just like listening when people talk and then following up and saying like how was your day or how did that interview go and I really try to be conscious about that. And um, yeah, I like what you said about how it's core, like love and yeah. I just don't know. What else do you have besides people for me? Yeah, I can, I can tell that you like to share. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 22, alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Share a total of five items. Uh, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I'm thinking. Oh. <laughs> um, I, don't know, I, I don't know if it's like five items each. Or just, oh no, I think alternate sharing five total, maybe. Yeah. Um... I think that I like, I think you have really good hair. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I like it. It's kind of messy, but styled at the same time. 
I like your uh, analytical mind. Hmm. Thank you. Um, I like your... I like your analytical mind, but I don't want to like steal your answer. But I like how you're kind of... I like how you're into board games and like you're kind of nerdy, <laughs> but in a, in a good way. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like your initiative to try and create something on your own. Thank you. Um, I like how you seem very grounded and like very intentional person. One more, or we can move on. Oh well, that was five. Do you want? You oh, want it was. One? Oh, yeah. I wasn't counting. Okay, no, it's okay. I don't need another compliment. Um, okay. How close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? No. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, happy is a hard word. Mm-hmm. It was safe. So I mean, that's happy. Um. My family didn't express affection very much. And when it did, there was like strings attached to it. So I've grown wary of people who are openly warm to me for no reason. Yeah. And that makes sense. Um, I think my childhood was happier or similar to most people's. Pretty pretty normal, <laughs> pretty average, um, like in terms of yeah i yeah i would say happier um and yeah we have like a a text group that we that we chat in sometimes which is nice and we all get together for holidays and stuff and whenever i go home my parents are always like no don't leave so it's definitely like close and warm and i spent five months with them during the pandemic when everyone was just like in lockdown and that was really lovely. And so I feel lucky that I had that 24. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? Oh shit. I've already, I've already mentioned it already. Well, um, single, single parent, only child. So we were all up in each other's business all the time. Um, it was tough growing up as a teenager like that. Uh, she's also Jewish, hmm. but Jewish single mother, mm-hmm. uh, wanted to get her fingers in everything that I was doing mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, teenagers rebel, do all that stuff. So, um, I've definitely mellowed out now, but we have, we have a really close, good relationship now. Yeah. That's nice. I talk to my mom a lot. Like we talk on the phone maybe once a week at least. And it's just, it's really nice. She's a psychologist, so she is so empathetic. And, like, also her childhood was way more, like, tumultuous than mine. And so I feel like she comes from that background. And so she just doesn't judge when I do something or, like, yeah. She was, I think, more of a wild child than me. So, like, whatever I've done, like, she's been there. So that's really nice. And um, we just joke around together a lot. We have a lot of inside jokes. 
and we like talk in accents together whenever whenever we're around each other we just like start talking in this accent <laughs> so it's kind of weird but um what's the accent it's like a, a southern accent <laughs> can you give me a taste um yeah i'll try to get in the mode it's like hello uh, i'm abby and uh <laughs> it's like <laughs> look at that chair over there <laughs> This is kind of silly, but it's a very bad Southern accent. Um, yeah. Hey guys, um, I kind of felt awkward because I was like totally shut down when I started doing this accent and I thought he was gonna laugh about it, but he literally just responded with silence. So yeah. Um, tune in next week when we do part three of Devin and I's conversation. And don't forget to follow me on AbsRosie at Instagram. All right. Love you guys. Bye.